Welcome to the Go All In podcast. I'm your host, Robert Brass, and I'm proud to be bringing you this show from Sydney, Australia. Today on the show, we've got a real treat for you. I'm willing to bet that there's been a time in your life that you felt like you've lost it all, like the whole world was against you and nothing you seemed to do just was going to go right. It was not going right. It's as if one little thing goes wrong and it leads to something bigger going wrong and then bigger and bigger and it snowballs into this big giant problem. Look, I think we've all experienced that. It's just part of the the human condition and part of being a human being. How you handle what goes wrong is, of course, the thing that differentiates us all. Our guest today is John Bellamy. And when you hear his go-all-in story, I know that you're going to draw some inspiration from it. Like you, John has experienced the highs and all of the good things that life has to offer. But perhaps unlike you, he's lost it all and he crashed really, really hard. His story of going all in and fighting back is not only pragmatic and simple, but it's one we can all learn a lesson from. John now runs a super successful business called Direct Messaging, and he shares with us his philosophies and his view on the go all in mindset, and he shares some absolute gold nuggets when it comes to marketing yourself on LinkedIn as well. I'm excited he's here, so please help me in welcoming John Bellamy. Well, good day, John. Welcome to the Go All In podcast, mate. I'm so excited that you're here and I can't wait to hear your story. Thanks for having me, Robert. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited to be here too. It's going to be awesome. All right, cool, cool. Before we get going and, and dive into this interview and get started, I like to kick off with all of my guests with a quick little get to know you quiz. It's a bit of a warm up. It's a bit of mental warm up for us. So it helps kind of calm us down, gets us into a bit of a groove and have a little bit of fun. So it's in no particular order. It's extremely random. Just tell me the, the first thing that comes to your mind when I ask you the question. All right. So here we go. You ready? I'm ready. All right, man. All right. Do you prefer speaking on stage or the, the solitude of writing, typing on your keyboard at three o'clock in the morning? Uh, speaking on stage, 100%. <laughs> Why? You don't like writing? Is that like hard work? Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> unless, unless you're in, in flow. And I think that's it. You said the 3 a.m. in the morning. Like, if, unless you're in flow, it's painful. Yeah. yeah. I, I have to admit that I've never got up at 3 o'clock in the morning and got to my computer and done some writing. I've maybe put my shoes on and gone out running. That's a little bit kind of not quite right, but definitely not the, not the writing like that. All right, all right. You live on the Gold Coast, right? Uh, yeah, down at Coolangatta. Yeah, Can you surf? Of- I've got a surfboard here. It's never touched the water. <laughs> Body surfing, no drama, standing on a surfboard, hopeless. It's hard, isn't it? Oh, my God. Uncoordinated at the best of times. <laughs> so and you live in like one of the most beautiful parts of Australia and it's somewhere that uh, my family and I have been threatening to come and move to for a little while. And I, I do know a few people that have moved up there and they're like, come on, Rob, you should, you should come. You know, you'll never go back to Sydney or anything like that. And it's very, very tempting. I'm not quite there yet. But what is the, the weekend unplug ritual up on the Goldie? What, what do you guys do? I think it's the the twenty four seven seven days a week unplugged. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's it's a relaxed lifestyle. Hey, for the people that don't know that, maybe give that a little bit of context for us. It's one of the most beautiful parts of Australia for sure. Yeah, a day in the life of, a life of John is wake up, go watch the sunrise on the beach. You know, yeah. like myself and my partner, we'll go we'll go do you know eight k walk or whatever in the morning and and just get out into nature and go and see the sunrise. You know, the beaches across the road. We, so it's, so it's it's sort of, you know, if you don't go to the beach, why are you here? <laughs> so, yeah. so that's it. And then for me, it's just, you know, get stuck into work, do interviews like this, get, get the team going. And by, I, I'm, a, I'm an early morning person. So, you know, for me, by that two, three o'clock in the afternoon, my brain's fried. Mm. Um, so I either have to have the siesta and get back into it or uh, go and, you know, just started back at beach volleyball. So go and do some beach volleyball training and then watch the sunset. And then maybe go have a beer or two. You know, I don't mind, don't mind having a couple of beers. So. Love the Aussie lifestyle, mate. I, I love the Aussie lifestyle. And, and the thing that I love about it, we live on an island for heaven's sake. You might as well live by the ocean. That's, that's what I reckon as well. I'm, I'm exactly the same as you. I live right on the beach in Cronulla here in Sydney. And um, I'm really early morning, always out first thing in the cold water. In wintertime, doesn't matter. Swimming every day like that, it's, that's a daily ritual for me as well, which I really love. All right, mate, can you ride a motorbike? I have ridden one. At Scooter doesn't count, yeah? yeah no, no, no. In Bali. Well, well yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had Cooley Rocks on last week down here and they had the Indian motorbikes. Uh, they usually uh, have but they had the Indians down here and myself and the fiancé, Nat, were, were looking at them and, 
and we're like, oh, these are amazing. And I just love my legs too much to get into that hobby. You know? <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Have you ever been skydiving and screaming towards the ground at 300 kilometres an hour with a parachute on your back? No, I haven't. However, literally looking at my window right now, the skydivers are landing on Kira Beach. Oh, no way. It's right out the front there. Why aren't you out there jumping, man? Come on. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Eight o'clock and nine o'clock every morning. There's, there's five of them that come down. Yeah. Is, is there some attraction there for you or not really? That's a little bit too oh, out there. It's, it's definitely on the bucket list. Just haven't ticked it off yet. Haven't got there. Haven't got there. Nice, nice. Well, I've got about a couple hundred under my belt, so it's something I highly recommend. <laughs> nice, nice. Hey, can you scuba dive? Never been scuba dive. Done heaps of snorkeling. Never yep. been scuba diving. So not up in the sky or under the water. We've got to get you there. Come on, you live in the part of the world where all of those activities reside. I've got to come up there and go and do all that stuff with you. It sounds like a lot of fun. All right, last serious quick quiz question. It's very, very serious, mate. So think carefully before you answer. Do you spend any time on a daily basis in meditation like the monk on the mountain? Yeah, I, I meditate every day for, a, for a, usually like worst case, it'll be seven minutes. Like I'll take like a seven minute vacation, but most of the time about 15. Guided um, meditation with something in your ears or without? In my ears, yeah. I'll, I'll usually do like the little um, self little hypnosis one in the ears and, and away we go and I'm out. The hardest thing for me, and I know so many people have this problem, is is you're in that state and, and doing your best not to fall asleep. <laughs> that's, that's the hardest thing for me i haven't mastered that yet i'm getting better but i haven't mastered it yet but i i love it for me because probably like you we speak to so many people who are so active like like in the business and then you know fitness wise and all of that you, your brain just gets fried and for me that that seven to 15 minutes of a reset is awesome that and acupuncture every week love it acupuncture as well really like where and what part of your body my, my body is so attuned to it now, a couple of needles go in and I just go, it's like a full body reset every week. My full body gets done and it's just like, boom. yeah. Really, I was never a believer of acupuncture. I thought that that was like just really, seriously, how can that help? And I, and I had really bad tennis elbow a couple of years ago, just like strain in my tendon in my elbow and nothing that I was doing was working. And the doctor said, well, why don't you go and try some acupuncture and try that? And I kind of rolled my eyes and thought, well, nothing else is working. I'll give it a go. And you know what? I fixed it. And the, the pain that I experienced just from the inflammation in the tendon in my elbow, as soon as they stuck the needles in there, it's like it blocked it all in the nerves and all the pain went away and I felt like it gave it a chance to get better. And yeah. I, did, I think I did it for about two weeks. And pre preceding that, I had it for probably three months and no treatment worked. And then two weeks of acupuncture, good to go, ready to go as well. So interesting, right? It's, like, it's literally like a full body and mind reset every week. Yeah, I'll be unconscious for 15 minutes when I'll get into a deep state and then I'll wake up and I'll be like, like someone's had the, the fibrillator gun on you and you're like, oh, okay, all right, I'm ready to go again. It's awesome, let's go. And you feel, you feel good on the other side of that or you feel clarity? What do you feel? For me, I just, I just I feel like reset's probably the easiest thing to explain. It's like hitting that reset button every week, going, all right, here we go, another week, let's do it. Nice, nice, beautiful. Thanks, John, for sharing that with us. A little bit of fun to kick off the show here. Well, people come on over to the Go All In podcast to learn more about others that have gone all in. So if you could, John, could you please share with us your biggest Go All In story or stories and the lessons that you've learned from your commitment to success? Yeah, cool. I think if I, if I, oh, if I start back like at the school scenario, so um, most people I went to school and and. Try, I'll try and keep this long story short. I was there with a couple of mates. We all, we all had different schools, but pretty much doing the exact same subjects in Queensland. Um, so they had Queensland an OP score. I think they're still running that right now. One to 25. One's amazing. 25's terrible. So three guys, different schools, exact same subjects, great mates. Get our OP scores in the mail after we finish grade 12. I was told the whole way through should be getting somewhere between an 8 and 11, which is, you know, I was like, okay, that's cool. Opened it up and I got a 21. Oh, dear. Like, essentially, the education system of Queensland said, John, you're as dumb as whatever. Um, and, and my parents are teachers, so uh, oh, really? let's, let's just say they, they weren't very impressed <laughs> from, from that aspect. But I got the exact same grades as my other mates, just different schooling systems. So I'm not a huge fan of the education system, let's just say that. But anyway, so the, the thing for me was like, well, you know, unless I want to go in the middle of nowhere, university's out and it's, John, it's over to you. 
you can sit here and, and have a whinge and cry about it or go do something. So essentially um, the, the next day after I finished school, I, I went, okay, well, I, I better go become good at selling stuff because that's pretty much, you know, that was the whole stigma. Or if you don't go to uni, you're just going to be a salesperson, mm. um, which I am now, I'm like, it's the number one skill anyone should have <laughs> uh, in that regard. But that's how I had to go all in. So I started knocking on doors and I was like, I've got nothing. I'm not going to uni. Um, I don't want to go to TAFE. I'm, I'm, next best thing, let's go make some money. So I literally got thrown in the deep end and started knocking on doors. And I tell you what, if, if you haven't had the experience of walking up to someone's house and knocking on their door, not knowing what they're going to, not they're going to say, what they're going to say, I'll tell you what, that for a lot of people, they can't do it. So that, that was like, all right, whew, I've, got to, I've got to do this. And you just... Was it hard? Of course it was. You know, I was like 17, 18 year old kid at that time. But yeah, it was selling. I started out selling roof restorations. So I was like the canvasser. So I'd, I'd sit there and go, oh, mate, it looks like you've got a couple of cracks in your, in your ridge capping there. Um, we should get one of the sales guys out. And then so every appointment I got there, I, I got money. And then I went and started selling uh, like Optus telephone systems. So uh, when Optus first went into the market here in Australia against Telstra, they launched with 20 cent core sales. I'm one of the first handful of sales guys pushing that in the marketplace. And that was an experience. Talking about going all in, we had people coming, going all in, running down the street saying, hey, mate, you signed up my cousin three streets away. You've got to come and see me. You just saved him 200 bucks, blah, blah, blah. I'm, by the way, I'm not going to sign something because I don't trust you unless you have a beer with me. <laughs> it was like, after these appointments with schooners. <laughs> so it was uh, such an amazing experience back then, and like it was, it was challenging. It was exciting. It was everything, but it got me the start that I wanted, and that's actually how I got into corporate world. Um, right. the, I, the person I sold an Optus telephone system to called me a couple of days later and said, hey, John, you want a career? I'm going to pay you pretty much peanuts compared to what you're getting paid now, but you're going to get a career and we're going to look after you. So, uh, yeah, December 15, 1999, that's when I started my corporate career and that was that was a big change, working three to four hours a day, drinking schooners to putting a suit and tie on, being there at seven in the morning and if you leave at five o'clock, you mustn't be working, you know, mm. the corporate mindset. So, yeah, mm. that, that was interesting. Really interesting. That's a really, a really great story about something early on in your life that you remember. Can you remember when you were at school, did you have like a career goal in mind? Was there something that, you know, did you want to play cricket for Australia or fly a fighter jet or I don't know, be a doctor or a fireman or something? Yeah. Well, for me, I like, I, I had always wanted to either go on the police force or the defense force. That was, right. that, that was a big thing for me. And then another thing that happened was I later found out that I was colorblind. So you can't do that, right? Yeah, so police force, customs, AFP, that was completely off the table. And then defence force, there was a handful of jobs. So funny story, I um, and, and applied for uh, the Air Force for an administration officer, made it all the way through. I was about to do my final, you know, essentially assessment and, and officer test. And uh, then I did a couple of bulging discs. And then the defence force went... Hey, John, thanks for your application, but no need to apply ever again. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, so that was um, – so all of these things, and it's funny, the way I look at it, the universe is just sitting there going, no, 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 John, bang, here's a slap. You're not going down that track. We've got, we've got a different story. Just, just go with this. It's, it's okay. It definitely doesn't feel like that at the time, though, does it? You can look back with hindsight and go, well, that was – I'm glad that that happened. I'm glad it never ended up there. Life would have been completely differently, but – how did, you know, it's that classic example when life deals you lemons, it sounds like you made lemonade and you sculled it. Yeah, well, you know, it's after my crying moments and all of those of my world is over. It was just like, okay, well, you got to do something, you mm. know, so, so let's get out there. And yeah, so I mean, that's, that's why I've always just leveraged those marketing and sales skills. And, you know, I think it's that ability to be able to have a conversation with somebody and actually genuinely care. If you can do that, you're never going to have to worry. Yeah, beautifully, beautifully said. I love. I also love your story there because it's about leaving school and about finding your feet and finding your place in the world. And you kind of the education system here in Australia sets you up for something, whatever that something is. And then you get out in the big wide world, and it's completely different to what that something was. And 
you know, my son, he, he's just turned 18 this year and he's left high school. He's now at university. He wants to go and be a high school math teacher. And, you know, what a, what a noble profession. We need more male high school math teachers. That's kind of cool. And it was sort of really left of center for me. I wasn't sure what to think about that as his, as his dad. But, you know, I felt like I was becoming the most annoying person in his life at the start of year 12 when I was like, dude, what the hell is going on, man? What, what, what are you doing with your life? What are, you, what are you all in on? Don't you know your dad's the go all in guy? You've got to commit to something. And he's like, whatever, dad, you know. And, and, and I felt like every time I called him, you know, out of coming from a place of love, of course, you know, I love, I love the kid. You know, I want to see him do well in whatever it is he wants. But just bloody pick something. Go left, go right, go straight. I don't care, man. Pick something. And when he picked that, I was like, what do you want to do that for? <laughs> yeah, make a decision, will you? But yeah, why? make a decision. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it was, it, was really, it was a really good lesson in commitment and going all in at the time because him and his mates, you know, some of his mates knew exactly what they wanted to do. They were really crystal clear on, look, I'm going to uni. I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to the police force. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a paramedic. They were straight up. They knew exactly what was going on. And poor Cameron was sitting in the middle of it going, um, I'm not really sure. And it wasn't really until towards the end of year 12 that he's made a decision about what he wanted to do. And he kind of came to me with his tail between his legs a little bit and said, I want to do that. And I was like, well, all right, you in, you've got to commit to it. You, you've got to go for it. And, you know, when, when I look back at it, the, the thing is I was putting pressure on the kid without realising, getting him to make a decision about something. But it really doesn't matter that much because in your life, you have four or five different careers anyway. What, what would you say to that? Oh, I 100% agree with you. And I reckon you started late. So my daughter's just turned 10. And I think <laughs> I've been having this conversation with her since she was about, what are you doing? Come on, where, where are you going to? Because she'd come and sit with me when I'm speaking on stage or something like that. We actually got her to go and speak at a conference we're at. In oh, nice. <laughs> last year, so she's there freaking out. She goes, it's hot here. And we're all like got jumpers on. But, but as far as the decision thing, I, I, like for me, this is what it's all about. Like you've got to, for me, it comes down to two things, getting inspired and taking action. Like that's it. Mm. So, and it doesn't matter whatever it is that inspires you take action on it. And, and if I, if I bring it around from a sales perspective, it's like, you've probably heard this before. It's like yeses and no's I take them every day of the week. Mm. Maybe's are going to kill me. Mm. Like just make a decision. I don't care what the, like, which one you do. If you want to do it or you don't want to do it, but make a decision. And and for me, the, this is what life is. Life is just about making a choice. We make a choice to be a good human or a terrible human. You know, we make a choice to drink beer or not drink beer. You know, it's and and there's nothing right or wrong about it. It's just make the choice, make the mm. decision, and act on it. Yeah, beautifully said. You know, the the go. When you hear somebody say, oh, I'm going all in on this, you know, and you know, I'm not the person that coined that phrase. It's been around forever, right? I think it started in poker games or something, maybe in the 1800s. I'm all in sort of thing. And, you know, I, I love the, the phrase of what it is because when someone says it, when you're the person receiving that and hearing that, you know intuitively what that means. You know that that person is committed to it. You know that person's going for it. And sometimes the things that people go all in on, you kind of scratch your head and go, well, why would you do that? But then other times you're like, yeah, man, go for it, go for it. And, and it's about potential, you know, living up to your potential. And that word potential is, has that future connotation. And when you go all in on something, you bring your potential into the now. And I always kind of, where I arrive with Cam and all of that sort of stuff is, it was about whatever you do, man, just commit to it and go all in on it because you'll live up to your potential now. Now is, this is your first year of university. You're never going to have another first year of university. Go for it. No matter what, don't leave nothing on the table sort of thing. And he's like, huh? Whoa, whoa. Calm down, Dad. I haven't even selected my majors yet. Hold on. Yes. It's interesting, <laughs> right? It's interesting because I'm kind of, in some ways, vicariously living back through him doing a different thing. And that's how I would approach it. That's how I would do it. And he goes all in on it in his own little way as well. And that's the, that's the really good thing about it as well. John, thanks for sharing your story there early on in life. There's some good lessons there for the younger listeners in the audience, which I get a lot of communication through back through social media, of course. And so there's some good feedback there. And you know, that's, that's a really good story about, hey, everything works out in the end anyway. And it's going to be all right. You know, take it seriously, but not too seriously. You're going to be... You're going to, be you're going to have fun along the way. And 100%, man. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you've got another go all in story that you kind of talked about and you shared with me 
before this interview in, in the prep for the interview. And it's more of an adult story and it's pretty personal. And I was, you know, may I be so bold and, and ask you to tell that story to the audience as well, because I think as, as two men on this call, having a, a conversation about these sorts of things, it's, I think it's important to have this conversation and that's kind of why I want you to, to tell that story. Cause you really did have to go all in, in a latter part of your life as well. Right. Let, let's hear it. Yeah, so uh, this is going back, yeah, probably uh, 10, 15 years, somewhere around that now. So I'd, I'd been in corporate and I made the decision. I knew, like, after all the debacle earlier, I knew that corporate was a great, it was like my university. Mm. Um, I knew I wanted to go and run my own businesses. So I, I went and did that. And like most uneducated young people, you go, yeah, I'm going to be this entrepreneur. Woo! And then you start one business and it was doing multi six figures and you're like, this is great. I'm awesome. So you go and start another business and it does the same thing. And then you go and start another business. So I had three businesses all doing multi six figures and, and all of that, which was great. Challenge was none of them were actually speaking to the same target audience. So it was was all fragmented and it was freaking stressful and it was, it was draining and all of that. And at that time I was married and, and all of that. And we just, we just had our um, our child, um, Hannah and, and, I'm, I'm working, you know, six, seven days a week, 12, 14 hour days, all, all the crap, blah, 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 blah. And I, I just, you know, essentially I lost it all. I lost everything and, and, and got divorced. So, you know, I'm, I, wasn't, I wasn't a great husband or father at that time. I was focused on the business and, and I just, you know, made the decision and I went, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this. We, we, we wanted, and my ex-wife's an amazing woman, great mum and everything like that. And we just wanted two different things. I wanted to go and just drive this business journey and she wanted to be a mum. And I was just like, there's, there's not this match. So for me, I'm, when I go all in, it's all in or all out. Yeah, uh, literally. Uh, yeah, like literally and rightly or wrongly, it is what it is. It's the way I play life. So I ejected from the relationship and we, you know, sold houses and did all of that stuff. And uh, part of that process was I had to eject from those businesses and I actually went bankrupt um, because my my headspace wasn't great or anything like that. And like looking back, I could have easily not gone bankrupt, Mm. could have easily done that and just went into some negotiation with a couple of people that I owed money to and all that. And we're not talking millions upon millions of dollars here either. It was, it could have been avoidable, but for me, it was the, the advice that I had and for my mental health, most importantly, it was like that was that, Tony Robbins talks about it, that line in the sand. Like if I could draw that line in the sand and for me it was like I can literally leverage the opportunity of bankruptcy, which is a legal thing that you can do. Everyone goes, oh, it's terrible. No, it's there for a reason. Mm. So I can leverage that opportunity and draw that line in the sand and literally the next day, put all of that stuff behind me and start fresh. And so that's, that's what I did. Now, what I didn't know at that time and, you know, what I didn't know is what most people do is, is they'll go and extract some funds from their company accounts or their credit cards or all of these things that aren't really ethical, but they will do that. So when they go bankrupt, they've got a pile of cash um, sitting on the side. Silly John. Um, didn't do in that. That, I didn't do that. So I literally had about eight bucks to my name. Um, when, literally. When I, literally yeah when had eight bucks to my name had to get you know had the usual story had to go back and move and move back in with mum and dad and and at that time it was just like I can't I, it was the most frustrating stressful and relieving process ever all those emotions um, in one in one right all in one. Yeah. And I remember I, I still was engaging with a business coach at the time because I believe in investing in myself in professional development. And I was speaking to my business coach and I'm like, dude, what can we do here? And he's like, we did a lot of work with like John D. Martini and, and those guys with the, all this stuff. And he's like, John, go, he goes, I don't even want to speak to you until you go and write a thousand reasons why you're grateful for being broke. Cause a thousand you, reasons. A thousand reasons. Yeah. So <laughs> until you are grateful for, for where you are right now being a broke, you know, on the poverty line, you know, people on Centrelink and welfare have got more money than you. Yeah. Um, I never took any of that. Um, we can't do anything because you, you're not there. So I sat, de- I sat down, literally, I love the water. So I sat down in Brisbane. I was living at the time across from the Brisbane River for eight hours. 
I came up with 274 reasons. So I was, I was a bit, just over a quarter of the way there and I've reached out to my coach and I'm like, please, please, sir, can I come and see you? <laughs> um, and he said, yeah, I ended up writing the thousands, but he came and got me in there. And the big realisation for me was, like I was getting job offers left, right and centre for 80, 100 grand doing sales stuff, but I didn't want to go back into corporate. I wanted to still run that business. So for me, it was like, okay, well, what is that business opportunity? How can I go all in and get that back? But whilst I'm doing that, I'm, I, need to, I need to put food in my belly, you know, mm. to do that. So I actually went and become a cleaner. I actually went and was a cleaner for absolute domestics, earning my 25 to 30 bucks an hour, doing that for 15, 20 hours a week. But I tell you what, I loved it. I've got that. No one's telling me what to do. No responsibility. No responsibility. I've got my headphones in, listening to audiobooks, listening to podcasts. Nice. Doing a clean, thinking about the next business. And, you know, whilst eating sardines on toast, just to hammer in your broke right now. Uh, so I still do that once, about once every three or four months. I'll still go and eat some sardines on toast just to, I feel sick in my gut right now thinking about it. The taste of defeat. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, you have been broke before. <laughs> again, keep focused. You know, yeah. It's a really, it's a really interesting story, you know, and, and it's not, it's not uncommon and, and thank you for sharing it by the way, because it's a pretty vulnerable thing to talk about. And I'm sure it's not something you kind of want to go back and talk about on a daily basis or you don't think about anyway. What, why do you think entrepreneurs succeed and then lose it all? Cause it seems like entrepreneurs are always focused on making money and living a lifestyle and doing all those wonderful things that, you know, is so attractive to people that want to be entrepreneurs and have businesses, but there's not a lot of training or stuff out there, maybe a little bit more these days, but probably back in the day when you had your time there the first time around, there's not much out there about how to keep it. No. Yeah. That, that, that's the big thing is understanding financial management mm. from entrepreneur's perspective. And, and it's, it's a daily thing. It's a, it's a daily thing and, and you, you go through cycles and, and being able to remove the emotional attachment behind that and just follow the proven system. Mm. But you're right. When I started out, it was literally go to university and learn from people about business who have never actually had a business. Yes. Uh, like, oh, okay, that's, that seems like a great idea. Or you just go and do it. But I think that I actually believe the number one reason why they make a heap of coin and then lose a heap of coin is number one would be ego, 100%. 100% ego because it's just mm. like, I'm a hero. Look at me. I've got this flash card, blah, 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 which means nothing. Mm you know, from, from that aspect. And, and the second thing is, I think it was Marsha Hines from the old uh, Australian Idol thing. You've got to be true to yourself. I hate that saying, but I also 100% agree with it. Yeah. And, and I think the reason outside of the ego thing and probably why the, the ego scenario is so huge on there is because entrepreneurs, when they're starting up, they don't get clear on what do I actually want Mm, I want to make money. What do you mean? What kind of question is that? I just want a heap of pile of money in my bank account. That's really the goal, isn't it? Yeah. And I think the challenge is, and, and you know, you've got like your Gary V's and your, your Tim Ferriss's and your Tony Robbins and all of these people out there, you know, your, your Ty Lopez and all of these people out there, but in their own right are doing their thing. Mm. So they're doing what they believe is right for them. Mm. And then everyone goes, Oh, I, I should be like that. Mm. And, and here's the thing, like what, what I've found is like most people, like we're, we're personally, I was in this conundrum over the last two years. We're like, okay, do we really focus on trying to get to a $10 million business or should we just aim for one to 3 million, mm. you know, and make sure that they're profitable because everybody that I've spoken to, all of my clients and business people and wealth advisors, things like that, they go, John, you've just, you, what's right for you? You know, mm -hmm. and I, and I honestly believe from speaking to so many entrepreneurs, when, when I used to have a coaching business, it was, it was literally always these couple of things. John, I want to earn 250 grand a year and work 20 hours a week. <laughs> yeah. That was constantly. And there's nothing wrong with that. Then what? Yeah, yeah. You know, but it's, as long as you invest, as yeah. long as you invest properly, you, you're fine. So mm. sums it up. <laughs> yeah, no, no, be beautifully, beautifully said. And, and I would say that, you know, if any budding entrepreneurs that are out there listening or, or people that are in business that haven't given that a little bit of thought for a little while is make sure you think about what you're going to do when you do break through and you do have a, a big chunk of change fall in your lap and be smart about it. And 
make sure you're doing it so you, you hold on to it for the long term. It's not just easy come, easy go. Just because you can make it easy doesn't mean you should be spending it easy. Be wiser with it is what, what I would say. Yeah, don't, don't keep all your money in your business. Actually. Yeah, exactly. It's to generate cash flow. Mm. Pull that cash flow out to invest in other assets. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. Preferably not another business. Keep focus on one or two things, not like three or four things, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so take me from the, from the John Bellamy Phoenix rising from the ashes, from bankruptcy and eating horrible sardines on toast to the heights of dizzy heights of success where you are. What, what business did you go back into and kick off? Because that's the business that you're in today, right? Tell yeah, us about that. Yeah, correct. So, so the, the big thing that I learned through that process and, you know, thank God for business coaches and, and people just to, to help you support and challenge you through that process was, well, John, what are you great at? What do you do every day that, you know, you, you would do if people didn't even pay you? You know, you just naturally, that's your ability. What are you great at? And for me, through all of my career, it was, it was developing conversations like face-to-face from networking, um, you know, online with LinkedIn and all of that. And then and it was when LinkedIn was really starting to, you know, increase from that aspect. And, and for me, it was, okay, well, all of the, like, like through my corporate career, through all the businesses, I'd leveraged LinkedIn to connect with people, kickstart a conversation and then close deals. Nice. It was easy. It was a natural ability. So we decided to do that. It was like literally the most dumb and boringest thing <laughs> that was sitting there. It was like, hey, John, why don't you create three to five messages that you can copy, paste, send to a target market that will spit out pretty consistently people to speak to and then you sell them stuff and you're like, but that's not, you know, that's not world changing. It's not, oh my God, that's the next big thing. It was literally (laughs) dumb and boring, but people don't know how to do it. Yeah, I think it's the people want it to be really hard and really complicated for some reason because it's a piece of technology. But what you're really describing is human nature and the way humans work and you just got a different communication piece, right? Yeah, and, th- and that's it. So so essentially that's that's what I started out. I um, What I did, I lost all that money. So I still had my Infusionsoft subscription, still had my coach and I had LinkedIn. And I think I had a premium subscription on LinkedIn. So I had my outgoings at a couple of grand a month or whatever it was. And I'm like, crap, I'm in the hole every month. I'm not making money. Yeah. Uh, so I started, I went, cool, I'm going to put on a webinar and I'm going to sell this LinkedIn masterclass thing. I, d- I had literally headline three bullet points. That was it. <laughs> Hadn't created the program. And I went, you know, people keep coming to me saying, hey, John, how are you doing that? And I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe there's some money here. So I, I ran um, three webinars over the space of a week and a half, three different price points because yep. I didn't know what people were going to pay. Um, so I did 297, 397 and 497. And 297 was the one that was the one that crunched it at that mm-hmm. time. I remember this is going back a decade. So that crashed it at that time. So that's, that's what I started doing. And just hammering that. So I went and I was just like, how can I go and speak at local chamber of commerce events, run my own, run my own workshops, speak online. And that's, I was just selling LinkedIn stuff, which was great. And doing it in our own business, which, which was great as well. And, you know, since then it's just as, as the market changes and things like that, um, I was running a lot of workshops. So we'd get like 30, 50 people in a room you know, they, they, they would pay for our LinkedIn training, would spend a couple of days with them and show them how to do it so they'd get their profile right, the message sequence right, start sending connection requests and all of that. And um, it was great in the room, but then I would follow up with them because I, for me, I love seeing people succeed in what they're passionate about and what they do. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the biggest driver for me. Side note, we're buying a property at the moment, got the building and pest inspection yesterday and the guy who did it, his system's just dialed in. Immediately after, reports in my inbox, I get a text message saying, hey, John, can you give me a Google review? Like instantly, I really appreciate it. I hope you found it of value. Give me a Google review. There's a reason why this guy's got over 200 Google reviews and his next competitor's got like 10. Yeah, squared, squared away, right, in the follow-up, in the, in the actual action of making it happen. Yeah, so, so all of that, so why I mentioned that is, is follow-up, exactly what you said. So I followed up all of these attendees to our course and I'm like, how are you going? How are you driving leads? What have you been doing? And there would be like one or two that are going, oh, this is amazing. It's been working. You know, it's working really well. We're still on Facebook, blah, 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 but LinkedIn's working really well. And everyone else is sort of like, oh, yeah, yeah, it just got a bit too hard 
I'm like, what do you mean? Like, you just needed to go and connect with five or 25 people a day and, and do you a just follow-up. Do it. Yeah. You just, like, the system's already built. You know, those two days that we built that for you? Mm. You just implemented or hire a VA. Hey, you know how I showed you how you can hire a VA to do it? Plug into and, it. And it's, it, this is the thing that really, I'm trying not to swear, this thing that really annoys the crap out of me, particularly about Australians, is mm. freaking lazy. Yeah, very true. Lazy. So it annoyed me, but at the same time, because I'm like, you, you've invested money with me, which was great and I'm, and I'm grateful for that. I've invested my time, but more importantly, you've invested two days of your time. You're never getting that back. You've got a great system that we know works and you wouldn't implement it. So, Do something with it for heaven's sake. So, so what came off the back of that for me was it, it quite frankly, really pissed me off because mm. I, I, I want to be of service. I want, I want people going, hey, this is working. Regardless if they give me credit for it or not, I just want them to be succeeding. Mm. Um, so I started going back to people. I'm like, well, what do you want? And, the, and it was, oh, well, John, we want, we, we want people to do it for us. Mm. I'm like, okay, well, what would you be willing to pay? Um, and that's where the business is at now. We've got not only the training solution, but we've also got for those businesses who just aren't going to do the work, the, the dumb and boring stuff. We actually, that's why I love it, we get paid to do the dumb and boring stuff. Mm. We do the grunt work. You know, we'll write the profile, we'll write the message sequence, we'll send the connection request, and then we go, hey, here's somebody that's positively engaged that you can just pick up the phone, schedule a meeting, have a conversation, and, you know, they're either going to buy something or they're not. Yeah. We've taken it to that point, which is, um, yeah, which I'm proud of. I mean, there's, you know, there's people like me that do it as well. But, it, yeah, I, I just love it. It's great. You know, I, I, get to, I get to help people do what's probably the hardest thing in, in business is to, ge- like, generate a database, generate awareness, get, get some authority and, and kickstart conversations. So, you know, most people we speak to, they go, John, if I'm sitting in front of somebody, I'm all good. But it's getting them to that point because I don't know what to say. I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to come across as a spammer. What are my peers going to think of me for reaching out and asking somebody, heaven forbid, asking somebody, do you have a problem and challenge that I might be able to help you solve? That's what business is about. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. I'm a little bit, little bit passionate about this topic. It's really, it's really interesting, you, you know, to draw on some really old school analogies. You know, you can teach a man to fish and that's what you were doing, right? And, you know, then they can eat forever. That's the whole point. But the reality is people want you to fish, cook, make the fish sandwich, take a bite, make sure it's right, and then hand it to them and say, yeah, you're good. It's delicious. Eat it. So that, you know, the done-for-you service like that is is really good. Back in the early days when you kicked that off, did you just use your LinkedIn strategies to get people to the webinar? 100%. That's all it was? Yeah. Well, it was literally LinkedIn outreach or speaking at Chamber of Commerces. Yeah, was, right, yeah. I spoke at a Chamber of Commerce, connected with everybody on LinkedIn and invited them to that process. Easy, easy. What was, what was more effective in the early days? Because I know a lot of people that have got a, a really refined skill set. I've been in the digital marketing space now for 12 years. I've had a business. It's been a long time. You know, the, it started out for me, you know, the evolution of apps, building out a couple of apps like that. And then it sort of progressed into different things. And we've done a lot of workshops over the years. And it's always pretty challenging to get bums on seats in a physical sense, particularly more so maybe it was a little bit easier way back when because it wasn't, life wasn't so, uh, you're not competing with so many different things. And, you know, I'm not saying that it's harder today than it was back then, but I think it was a little bit easier back then to because you're not competing so much and you're not kind of fighting with the internet so much where people oh, I don't need to go somewhere physical to see that I just learn it all online I look at it on YouTube what, what was more effective for you was it more the, the webinar stuff or was it more in person people would be more inclined to invest money to go to a two-day seminar back in the day mm. um, when they got but, but the, then then just buy an online course because they got that personal experience and for whatever reason, they, they thought that was better. As far as getting them to that point, I, I think it was sort of a much of a muchness, you know what I mean? It was, they, were both, they both had their pros and cons to it. Right. Uh, yeah, it was more, the, I think the hardest thing for is, is getting people to, to get out of their own BS and go, you know what? I, I actually acknowledge that I do have a problem or challenge here. Whatever that might be, I don't understand LinkedIn or I'm using it now but possibly could be using it a lot better. 
I'm on there right now doing all of this stuff. Like we had one last year where a guy literally wrote an article every day on LinkedIn, published an article every day on LinkedIn. He goes, LinkedIn's crap. It doesn't work. And I'm like, well, you didn't drive any traffic to it. Yeah. You're just shouting down an empty hallway. No one's listening. You know, people need to see it. And every business is sort of different in that. So like right now, we if, if I look at my strategy right now, we, I do a live webinar every week. I don't care if there's two people or 100 people on it. It's like a, an appointment that's in my calendar. So I do, it every, do that every week. And from a speaking perspective now, I don't do too many of my own live events. We, we're looking at that for next financial year. But primarily, I'll rather, I'm doing a fair bit in the US and, and stuff at the moment. So I'll piggyback off and go and speak at a conference where, you know, they've essentially done all the hard work of getting people to the room. Mm -hmm. And even though I might not be able to sell at the conference, a lot of the time I can say, hey, here's some free resources. Mm -hmm. So I'll get in the funnel that way and then we'll work it back from there. So because it is, I think people think it's a lot easier than it is. When you've got the proven process, the process is, is easy, but it's not, or it's simple, I should say, but it's not easy to consistently do the outreach. And that's where most people fall unstuck because the emotions come in there and they go, oh, I only had three people respond this week. Oh, my life's over. And that's why I remember Dr. John Martini. he said this one day to me. He's like, John, wherever two or more people gather, I will be there to speak. Beautiful. Beautifully said, right? Yeah. <laughs> because, and his other thing is, how can, I, how can I get handsomely or beautifully paid to do what I love? Yeah. Which is speaking. Yeah, yeah, and and that and, you know I've taken taken that on board as well for me, and I'm just like you know it's, it's great I get to get to help people and get paid to do it like, and I get Love the lift right from the beach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't have much to complain about here. So indulge me a little bit here, John, because as I was doing the research for this interview, obviously I've watched your YouTube videos, I look at your website. By the way, what's your message called? Because you haven't what's your what's your business called? Sorry, because you haven't said said that. Uh, direct messaging, MSGING, so directmessaging.com. Cool, and don't worry, we'll put the links in the show notes there so everybody can find that really easy. If you just peek at your phone, you'll see the URLs there for all of that. But the question that I had was, it's a bit self-indulgent for me a little bit when I kind of, when I thought about it, because I was doing the research, as I said, I'm looking, looking at all your stuff, looking at your products and looking at your socials and how you're communicating your message and that. And I'm like, right, awesome. And I'm so unbelievably guilty of what I'm about to say. And, and you might be as well. I don't know. Maybe you're, you're more diligent than I am, but I've bought so many products in the past where I go, man, this is like, this is awesome. This is so good. And I turn it on, I look at it and I go, yeah, man, he's, he's really cool. He's better than, better than what I thought when I was sold, when I bought it, you know, I, I like being sold to, I like this, yeah. when I want to buy something, I like that process. So I enjoy that. And I get on the other side of the payment and I'm in there and I, I just don't follow through, man. Yeah. What is that? Is yeah. it the process of buying or is it, I didn't know, didn't really need it in the first place. So what are the three things that somebody could do when they, get involved in this LinkedIn marketing and the outreach and what they're doing, what would be the top three things that they could do to go all in and make sure that they follow through? Yeah, I think like number one, before they've even made the purchase, they need to go, you know, make the decision. Is, is my, like for us, if I talk about, for, is my target market actually here? Like, is there an opportunity here for me to monetize? Um, because a lot of people we speak to, they haven't even done a search to see if their target market's on the platform. Most of them are. Mm. but they still haven't even gone to that point. They go, oh, I heard this LinkedIn thing's good, you know, because Facebook algorithm's getting tougher and tougher and tougher now, so I'll just go to LinkedIn. You're like, well, that's great. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, so right. they need to make that decision and go, okay, great. Is my market, is the, because uh, let me start again from that. The number one thing, LinkedIn is a marketing channel. Forget, forget about what, what your preconceived ideas are about LinkedIn. Is it a job platform, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. How can everything we teach is how can we leverage that platform to connect with our target audience, to drive a conversation and make money mm. unapologetically. That's what we're there to, to do. I'm not there to, Oh, great. I've got another friend. I don't care. You know, we're, we're there, we're there to actually help people and get a financial return. So you've got to understand, is my market there? The second thing you've got to go is, am I personally going to invest the time consistently to run this process or am I going to learn how to do it so I can train up a team member so they can do it for me? Or finally, am I just going to engage somebody to do it for me? Mm. So they're the two big decisions that I think people don't invest the time or headspace in 
before they buy. So I think that's probably the number one reason why they buy stuff and then they never do anything with it. And then, and then they come out and go, oh, that program was terrible. We'll blame the program, not, not the person. Yeah. Like there, was, yeah, there was a chat I was involved in last night on Facebook where that, that came up and I'm like, please. You know, <laughs> you're responsible for your life. No one else. A hundred percent. Yeah. So, so then I think when it comes into the program and why don't people deliver on it, I, I think once again, it comes back to probably more here is that secondary thing. I think people have got this preconceived idea that I'm buying a magic pill. And that's something that I, you know, I like I, for me personally, I can speak of when we're presenting on stage or on webinars or anything like that. Like we're like, guys, if you're after a magic pill, this is not it. It's going to require you to do the work. The process works. It's been proven. I mean, last year alone, we sent over 300,000 connection requests. We generated, you know, tens of thousands of actual conversations and our clients did millions of dollars of sales. The process works. Mm. Uh, you just got to follow it. And, and then I think the, the other thing, the final thing in there is once again, the ego comes into it and goes, oh, I already know half of that stuff. So I'm just going to cherry pick these little bits and pieces here, but they miss the actual gold. That's through the process. So, yeah. No, you got you got it there. So check the ego at the door. That's the first thing. Definitely, definitely do that. And realize that this type of marketing actually requires commitment and, and effort to actually do. Well, well John, you've got a, an offer for our audience today, don't you? But before we go there, and there's probably, uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about it, and I'll make sure the link's in the show notes as well. So, again, if you just peek at your phone while you're listening to this podcast, you'll see the link to the offer there. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, cool. So I, I believe in like delivering a ton, you know, ton of value up front. That's what, that's what I want to do. So, and I want to build a community of that. I'm not, I'm not into creating a Facebook group and all of those things. So I've got a membership site. So, so in that membership site, what we've put is a bunch of resources in there for people just to really get them kickstarted from a LinkedIn perspective. So things like, you know, showing you exactly what you need to be doing on a day-to-day basis. We've given you some templates from messaging that you could go and leverage in there, you know, just showing you all of those bits and pieces in there. And then we've got programs off the back and everything like that. But literally it's a bunch of resources. We're constantly adding more stuff in there where it's designed to just assist you getting started, getting in that process. We've got a bunch of people in there from like literally I'm brand new to LinkedIn. What is this thing all about? Who I'm already doing stuff on LinkedIn, but I think I could probably do it better. So it's really sort of stretches across there. There's live chat in there so you can jump on and ask myself or the team any questions as you go. So, and you know, if we, you want to become a client after that, great. If not, cool. You know, that's, that's it. We'll just help you, help you where you're at. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, again, I'll make sure that the link is included to the show notes. So just peek at your phone as you're listening to this and you will see that. And if you're watching this on Facebook, you will see that in the links just below as well. John, can you give me the, the, the top mistake people make with LinkedIn? What's the biggest, that's a broad question I know, and, it's, and I'm, I'm deliberately vague in asking that question. And you probably got maybe one or two points or three points that you want to share, but what shouldn't I do there? And because I want to kind of raise an alarm. I, I want to know, like, you're going to say something. I'm going to go, oh my God, I did that. I don't want to do that. What, what are they? So I'll talk about two things. So I'll talk about foundationally being your LinkedIn profile. People don't invest the time in structuring their profile correctly. That's right. the number one thing. Like this is, this is literally the largest professional networking site on the planet. <laughs> if you Google yourself or your company, your LinkedIn profile will pop up. Okay. So people are looking at that. So the number one biggest mistake that people make is that their their online presence isn't consistent. So it doesn't tell a story about who you are. And, and, and I suppose secondary to that, you want your profile to speak to your target audience. Okay. Not, it's not all about you. It's, it's like how you help solve people's problems. That's, that's the big thing on that foundational profile side of things. If I move then into the secondary side of things, which is the outreach, the big challenge here is they don't have a structured process to follow. Most people, like when I was in the States uh, probably three, four weeks ago now, asked the question in the room, how many of you actually send a connection request to people? Most people's hands go up. Great. When they accept, how many of you follow up? Like two people. <laughs> Everyone's hand went down. Yeah, so they don't have a process. So when it comes to that process side of things, the worst thing you can do is someone connects with you and then you send them a message essentially saying, hi, great to connect, buy my stuff. Yeah. 
you know, it happens all the time. And I'm going to pick on SEO guys here mm. uh, because this is, like, and the reason I do this because I see a bunch of this all the time is the SEO companies are the worst for this. And it's the usual spammed message that's like, hey, um, we are this company. We specialize in getting you guaranteed results on SEO for five keywords, blah, 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 buy my stuff. And you're like, mate, you haven't even looked at my website. You don't even know if I've done an SEO process, blah, 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 blah. How do you know? Yeah, yeah. How do you know? So, yeah, so that, that, they've got to get a message process in there. On that, because I want to give value, what we typically will start out and recommend to you know your listeners, to our clients, is to really kick off with three to five messages over a 45 to 60-day period, which offering, like connecting, offering value, and then transitioning to a conversation off LinkedIn. Okay, mm. um, so we're looking to how do we get how do we add value, engage, so we can get them off and have a sales conversation with them um, mm. from that aspect. So three five messages, forty five to sixty days, bang, and there's some stuff on that in the free resources that they can go and jump on with that link. So yeah, well that's awesome, and it wasn't too cringeworthy for me because I feel like mine is kind of okay. It could always. I'm just listening really carefully to what you're saying of how can I improve what I've got going on there as well. So really appreciate you you sharing that. Well, John, before we got on this interview uh, just last week, we were talking. You mentioned to me that you were you were heading to Japan of all places, and I was like, damn, that's kind of cool. Get to go up into Asia and talk about your business and do that type of stuff. It's really what's on the horizon for you, man. Some speaking overseas. What's happening with the business? It sounds very exciting. So I'm uh, off for a four-week trip through Asia, um, which is cool, going to Singapore, catching up with some prospects and some clients over there. Um, Philippines, so spending a week with, the, with my team in the Philippines. So that's nice. going to be it. And then I'm heading over to a wealth um, conference. So it's a community that we're part of and, and I've got the opportunity where I'm going to uh, be invited to go and speak on stage. So we've got, um, yeah, a bunch of uh, English-speaking Japanese people plus Aussies and all of that in the audience there. So cool. that's going to be cool. And then, um, yeah, just having chats with other conference providers for the US and uh, all of that at the moment, which is, yeah, which is cool. But, I mean, it's a, another day in the, in the life, more podcast interviews, more speaking opportunities and just, just speaking to people out there, really helping them leverage LinkedIn. Doing what you love. It sounds really nice. Well, what about the business? What's happening with that? There's some, a couple of changes happening there as well. It's kind of pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it's, it's pretty cool. So we've got our done for you side of things, which is great. We're about to relaunch our online program that we've got now. We've, we've completely transformed that. So that's launching around the 5th of July. Um, so we're, we're you know, going full steam ahead on that. As well, and we've got a yeah a couple of other opportunities that we're exploring at the moment with some with some businesses there. We're really diving deep in and becoming the, essentially their marketing partners and, and all of that, which is which is fantastic. So everyone goes, John, you know, you do the same stuff every day. I'm, I'm li- I do. I literally live a dumb and boring <laughs> lifestyle. I'm either you'll either find me speaking to people like yourself, Robert, or going for a walk on the beach or speaking on stage somewhere or something. It's just, it's the day, the day in the life. I like holidays for me. I like working holidays. So when we're in Singapore, it's tax write off, which is great. Um, Go go to, go to, go to a country, go and speak, do some stuff and and explore and see it and, and have, have conversations with people. That's what I love. If I can, if I can help more people have more conversations that they can then go and turn those conversations into cash, happy man. Mm-hmm. It's beautifully said, you know, my, my brother and I were having a conversation. We have these deep, deep conversations all the time. You know, we're, we're really good mates. And we were talking about how you make your money really affects what you have and what you want in your life. So we were talking about um, just the business that we have together and some of the things that we were doing, just exactly like what you just described there. There's new things on the horizon. We've got this happening, that's happening. And we're kind of like, yeah, man, it's just like, what else would you want to do? It's, it's sort of, I don't need a fast motorbike or to go skydiving or to do all those things. And even if I go and do all that stuff, it's sort of like, yeah, I always come back to, to doing this. And when you find whatever it is that you want to do with your life and you get to make money doing that and you get to help people and you get to affect as many people as you can, I think that's a really, really great place to kind of land, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And so I just, like I was saying, I'm, but they go, oh, John, you, what are you doing? Same thing I did yesterday. You know. But aren't you going to go? Aren't you going to go here? And aren't you going to do that? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like everyone's like, John, you haven't been to England yet. I was speaking to my daughter yesterday. She goes, we're going to England and London next year. And I'm like, that's great. She goes, I'm going to be there before you. And I'm like, yeah, but when I go, I'll get paid. <laughs> <laughs> take that. Yeah, yeah, take that. She goes, well, I don't have a job yet. I'm ten. Yeah. <laughs> 
Very nice. Very nice. Beautifully said. Well, mate, you, you mentioned earlier in the podcast there, but I'm going to kind of ask again, maybe there's something else in it. What are you kind of like really lighthearted? You're really fun. A really kind of somebody I want to hang around with. What is it that you do every day? What are your daily non-negotiables? You said you're an early riser, a walk on the beach. Is there, is there something else that you do every day to keep yourself sharp and focused? Oh, for me, it's, it's, I'm either exercising or working. That's, that's, that's really what we do from that aspect. But yeah, a normal day is like literally, you know, get up, go for a walk. I don't care where I am in the world. It's get up, go for a walk. Ultimately, I want to see the sunrise. Mm. Um, number one Um, number two is you know like start having conversations with people whether it's the team prospects clients podcast interviews i'm always speaking to somebody every day third thing is is really and this is this is the hardest thing and i don't know if you can relate to this there is like so much stuff we could do Mm. but really nailing it down to those one two or three things if i just accomplish that today you know, I'm moving in the right direction. Small progress is progress. Instead of trying to, you know, it's the, the whole elephant thing one bite at a time. So just mm. getting that and taking care of me. Like for me, if I'm not healthy mentally and physically, like, you know, I, I just, I can't help anybody else. It's, it's, it's actually being selfish and being okay with that to go. And I say this to my daughter as well. I'm like, if, if I don't look after me, I actually am the most important person here, rightly or wrongly, whatever you want to think. I'm actually in my life. I'm more important than you. I'm more important than my fiance. I'm more important than anybody because if I don't look after me and invest the time in me, I can't possibly help any of you. And I think for a lot of people, it's like, Oh, you can't say that. You're not a real dad. You're an army reserve dad. Cause you only see your daughter every other week. <laughs> yeah, I am. You know, and I'm bloody great at it. <laughs> um, so, so I think that's, they're the big things for me. And, and it's, it's just, it's, yeah, so it's getting out, exercising, seeing the sun, just getting stuff done, going all in and whatever that is, and make sure that I'm taking time for me, mm. like making sure that I, I check in with myself. And I, I, I think it's it, because I have that opportunity where I run a business and it is an opportunity and something I'm truly grateful for. I have, I don't try and stick to it. Like you've got to do this or this or this at these certain times. I'm like, we're talking about writing copy at 3am in the morning. If I don't feel like if I write a LinkedIn profile or a message sequence or whatever, if I don't feel into it, if I don't feel energetically that I'm able to give it all I can, I won't do it. I will wake up at three in the morning or I'll do it at 11 o'clock. Well, you know what? A lot of the time I'll take my laptop. I'll go down to a great little um, bar, bin 72, right over looking cool in the beach, have a stone and wood with my laptop and write it then. Get it done and get it done. There, it's it's just it's we, we right now have and this is what I, we every single one of us every single one of us has this amazing opportunity to do whatever the hell it is that we want to do, what we love, what we're passionate about, and what's really um, you know heartbreaking is people will make every excuse under the sun as to why they can't do that. Mm. That's that's the thing that really pisses me off is that. And it's, you make that conscious choice, but they won't allow themselves to understand that and go, you know what, this actually is my choice to work for the man in a job that I hate, you know, doing, you know, doing what I hate, opposed to following my passion. Harder, Yes. Is it going to be a walk in the park? Hell no. Could you make millions of dollars? Of course you could. Could you lose everything? Yep. But it's part of the gamble and it's part of the journey and you just the name of the show, you've got to go all in. You know what I mean? You've got to, got to do what you love, go all in on it and don't have a plan B. Just go all in. If something breaks, that's where your plan B will come out. Anyway. I love it, man. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> I, lo- I love your number two point there where if somebody's listening to this show and they're, they're, they're trying to figure out how to get out of their day job and make the leap into their first business. And I've had a couple of interviews in the last few days of people that have done that and have been really successful at it. And the secret to these particular people's success was their network. And I love the number two thing that you said there, you you kind of checking in with people and you're engaging with people. If you're at the points in your career or in your mindset or in your go all in journey of wanting to get there, I would recommend connecting with new people daily because you just never know who you're talking to. You never know where those conversations go and, and what comes of that. So that's just an unbelievably important thing. And what better platform than LinkedIn to do that with, right? Love it. Just one final thing for your listeners. Like if they're at that stage, 
one of the best questions they can ask, particularly if they're starting out or they have no idea what they're doing, is who do you know who? That's all they need to If they can master that question, hey, who do you know who's having this problem or challenge? Or who do you know who's looking for something like this? Who do you know who? That there, I can pretty much guarantee if you ask that question to enough people and follow up, you'll, you'll generate your first six figures in your business pretty darn quickly. Yeah. Beautifully said, beautifully said. And that's a great way to ask for a referral as well. You know, do you know anybody that would be interested in it or who do you know that could do that? It's been a little bit of a hack that I've used over the years as well. Know anyone that'd be interested in coming on a podcast interview? Actually, yeah, I do. What about you? You know, and it works really well like that as well. So, John, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your stories with us, mate. They were they were epic, and I, I particularly love the, the school lever one as well. You know, it's it's poignant for me as a as a young dad of a, a kid that's grown up. He's now an adult. He's not a kid anymore. I don't get to call him that anymore, but. That was a really poignant story. I really appreciate you sharing that with us and some good advice in there as well. If people want to connect with you and reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? Best and easiest way is just go to LinkedIn. So it's linkedin.com slash in John Bellamy. I'm sure there'll be a link there for you. Beautiful, beautiful. (laughs) What about your website? How can they reach on your website? Yeah, so if they want to go and grab that gift, it's directmessaging.com forward slash go all in. Okay, so directmsging.com forward slash go all in. Beautiful. And again, I'll make sure that those links are included in the show notes. So if you're looking to find more information or grab that free gift, just peek at your phone. You'll see the link there. Hit, hit the link. It'll open up the webpage and you're good to go. John, thanks again, mate, for coming on the show. Really, really appreciate it. That's it for this interview. We'll see you again soon. Bye for now, mate. Thank you. Well, there you have it, folks. If you want to reach out to John, just take a peek at your phone for the links and make sure you connect with him on LinkedIn, of course. He's got some great free stuff there in that offer in that link as well. So make sure you opt in there at his website and grab his freebies there because they're really awesome. I know that I grabbed them straight away. Now, if you have a question for the show, make sure you reach out to us via social media and don't forget to follow along on all your favorite socials and make sure you hit that subscribe button. And if you like what you heard today, Leave us a review because that helps us out a whole boatload as well. Well, that wraps it up for the show today. Until next time, whatever you're doing, whatever you're working on, get busy, commit, and go all in. See you next time. So this is how we end up. Shades of blue and gray. I feel just like an empty bottle My dreams are on delay I just want to climb on top of a hill And throw it all away, away Take me far away before my mind spins off And I am all derailed, derailed Just How we end.